The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation with a couple of innovative attorneys that are working on the front lines of telemedicine. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Glenn Previs and Cecilia Hahn, attorneys with McElroy, Deutsch, Mulvaney, and Carpenter. Glenn and Cecilia, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. We're happy to be here. Well, thank you both for making the time. Before we begin our discussion, Glenn, I'll start with you. Could you take a few seconds and inform the audience about your background? Sure. I am an attorney that works with healthcare providers nationally on a variety of contractual matters, fraud abuse matters, and healthcare technology, including, of course, telemedicine. Perfect. And Cecilia, how about you? I work here with Glenn. I actually focus on healthcare licensure, including certificate of need issues, and I get somewhat involved on the litigation side as well. Great. How did you all get involved with telemedicine? Well, Generally, as the healthcare industry is evolving and providers of all sizes, in particular hospitals and physicians, are looking at different innovative ways to deliver healthcare at a low cost, telemedicine has come up. And inevitably, the providers turn to their attorneys to figure out how to structure these telemedicine relationships and comply with applicable laws. So as the providers have been luring their way through this, so have we. Great. What are some of the legal obstacles of more expansive use of telemedicine? Sure. The biggest one has been the patchwork of state law across the country. As providers definitely know, the practice of medicine is primarily governed on a state-by-state basis, and states are obviously not required to coordinate with each other. So if you're a physician in one state looking to deliver care via telemedicine to a patient in a different state, the home physician's state laws may not match the laws of where the patient is situated. And typically, it's thought of that the service is actually being delivered in the state in which the patient resides. As different states have different ways of dealing with this, it's been a struggle for different providers to figure out what they need to do in order to be able to deliver telemedicine in a way that complies with state laws. You are seeing some evolution in how those relationships work with state law, and and we'll talk about that a little more throughout the program, but that's from a state licensure, and that's been the biggest obstacle. I think Cecilia has more. The only thing I would add, I think, Glenn, you covered a lot of it, but if you start at the bottom, what is telemedicine? Different states and different jurisdictions actually have a slight difference on how even the concept is 
defined. Some definitions are more strict, and they require a two-way, real-time, interactive communication between a patient and a distant site physician. But do not include communication via telephone, email, or fax, whereas other states or other jurisdictions might include those types of communications. Of course, if we're waiting for state law to figure out how to deal with fax machines, we'll be waiting a long time at this point. <laughs> well, that old Internet thing, it'll never take over fax machines. <laughs> they are still used a little bit. <laughs> yes, they are, especially in healthcare, unfortunately. You mentioned the state laws. Yes. How have state laws and medical boards recently evolved their thinking on telemedicine? Cecilia, I think I'll let you take that one first. Sure. Well, they've actually started regulating it. They've realized that they need to address it. Before, you actually were looking to traditional laws that govern patient-physician interaction when considering different issues such as standard of care, insurance needs. Now you have regulations directed toward telemedicine specifically. You have certain states have certification requirements for telemedicine. Certain states have credentialing requirements when it comes to telemedicine. So there's a lot more guidance now than in previous times. And there is still risk, but less so in terms of getting reimbursed, for example, because now we know what we need to do when filing a claim, for example, to get paid on a service. There have also been a couple of recent national efforts that are pushing the states to evolve their thinking. Last year, the Federation of State Medical Boards, which is a, a nonprofit organization that represents essentially all of the state medical and osteopathic boards nationally, came up with a interstate medical licensure compact. And what the compact is designed to do is for those state boards that sign on, they agree to allow physicians who are outside of their respective state to go through an expedited process of obtaining a license to practice medicine in their state in order to quickly and more efficiently deliver telemedicine services to patients in that state. There have only been a few states that have signed on so far, but it's anticipated that many more states will sign on, and that would certainly streamline the process because Joe, if a physician applies for a license in a state, even if that physician has been licensed to practice medicine in another state, it takes several months to go through the process, which is a big barrier to telemedicine. Another more national push that's forcing states to think differently is it's just a proposed act at this point. It's not actual law, but there is a proposed federal law right now called the Telemed Act, and it's, it's in Congress at this point, that would allow Medicare participating physicians to treat Medicare patients in all 50 states with a single medical license. Oh, wow. um, so we wouldn't even have an expedited process at that point. As long as you were a Medicare participating physician and you were treating a Medicare patient via telemedicine, you would not need a license in that recipient state. Now, I'll say this, 
and this is a field day for lawyers. This is supposed to be fun for us. That whether or not Congress could essentially impose that will on state medical boards is a whole big constitutional law question for another day. And I'm not sure that act would stand on ground, but it's further evidence that the federal government is forcing states to look at the issue a little bit more. Right, because states have an interest, right, Glenn, in the health and safety of their patients. So who's the federal government to dictate that for the states? Right. So my thought process is I think it's a great proposal. I don't know if we'll make it into law. And even if it makes it into law, I'm not so sure it would withstand a challenge from states. But I do think it's evidence that states are going to have to think about how to further develop telemedicine law and embrace telemedicine and telehealth technology. Are there other state laws regarding telemedicine coverage, regulating either how insurers work or any of the rules? There's been some states, actually several states recently, that have passed laws that require private payers who have beneficiaries in their states to provide coverage for telemedicine. And it's coverage that would treat each telemedicine, I'll call it virtual office visit, the same as if the patient and the physician were in the same room. Now, that doesn't negate the licensure issue right now. That's not going to stop the state board from still requiring that that physician still be licensed in the state that the patient is in. But, again, it's further evidence of pushes for telemedicine becoming more mainstream. But the cautionary note, of course, that applies to private payers and would also cover any patients who are self-pay. It wouldn't apply to Medicare patients. Right. Medicare has traditionally required a face-to-face contact between physician and patient, which was a huge hurdle, obviously, in the telemedicine context. But of recent years, they have sort of abrogated that to a certain extent, at least. And Medicaid seems to have followed the Medicare model. There are still certain requirements in the Medicare context, such as the patient on receiving the treatment must be at what has been called an originating site when interacting with the distant doctor. And the originating site is actually a very specifically defined concept. It has to be a physician or a practitioner office in outpatient hospital what's called a critical access hospital or a very small number of locations. So there are some significant restrictions. However, like I mentioned before, the face-to-face contact has been, that requirement has been somewhat lessened. How has the federal government tried to push the use of telemedicine? It's really tried to push it through encouraging the states to evolve their laws and also through, uh, Medicare, as the slaves was talking about, has been a little bit behind in terms of limiting its use to more rural underserved areas, but there is a renewed push in Congress for different laws to expand the use and 
loosen those restrictions. We did talk about the Telemed Act, that proposed Telemed Act, and there is also the Telehealth Enhancement Act of 2015. Again, another pending law, so it's certainly on the federal government's mind, but it's a pending act that would, as Cecilia said, expand the list of originating sites. So I think you've got evidence that the federal government has been a little bit faster than the state governments to push telemedicine at this point. But I think that's because the state interests are so fractious at this point that it's hard to get them to do anything on a unified basis. The compact is an attempt, but again, the list of states signed on to it are small. But I think what you're seeing is evidence that combined with all the innovation models that the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services have been examining payment-wise, telemedicine is supposed to bring with it decreased cost, you'll continue to see this renewed push from the federal government to expand telemedicine's use. Great. I'm going to throw you guys a curveball and ask you both to look into your crystal ball and talk about what's next for telemedicine. Where are we headed? What are we going to see in the next couple of years? Well, I think you'll see more and more states seeking to regulate telemedicine. States, like I mentioned before, have an interest in protecting the health and safety of their citizens. And one way to do that, because I think the concept is somewhat evolving and growing in popularity, one way to protect the health of their citizens is to provide rules and regulations for providers to follow and you'll see that more and more states are flushing out their rules and regulations as to that. I think you're going to see, well, this is going to be an obvious statement, Joe, so I confess, <laughs> I think you're going to see a big increase in the use of telemedicine. And I think there's two things that are going to drive that. Number one is your traditional physician's income is shrinking because of the payment reforms because of reduction in reimbursement and other factors that, frankly, are now outside your typical traditional physician's control. And telemedicine is a way to serve additional patients at a relatively low cost to the physician. So physicians at this point over the last several years have looked for different ways to, one would say, increase their income, but it really it's become maintenance of income. And I think a lot of them are going to hear that telemedicine is getting easier to implement because the facilities are just talking about the evolution law. And I think you're going to see them jumping onto that bandwagon a little bit more in terms of an income level. I think the other factor that's going to drive it is there is a general commercialization of healthcare going on with patients really being now known as consumers, but also typical non provider market forces coming in and driving more of a healthcare consumer market. You've got a lot of money flowing from Wall Street and other financial firms and private equity and venture capital flowing into healthcare, mainly because it's still a relatively safe bet on an economic return than many other industries. And that's freed up a lot of capital to invest in healthcare. And I think the dollars are there to invest in the telemedicine technology. And I think you're going to have those types of folks push 
providers to invest into that technology to maintain and expand their markets. So I, I think the financial factors are going to inevitably drive telemed to expand even more than it has. Great. Thank you both for that insight. I hope that you're both right, and I hope it goes even faster than we all three imagine. But, Glenn, as we finish up here, before I let you go, where can people go to contact you and learn more about you guys' work with telemedicine? Sure. You can go to our website, which is mdmc-law.com, and there's an extensive wealth of information on our website on many different healthcare legal issues, including telemedicine. We've also got a blog there because us lawyers try to deliver technological resources to everybody, too. So you can find there, and you'll also find our full contact information on there, so listeners can contact either Cecilia or myself directly if they'd like a little further information on where telemedicine is going in the legal sphere. Thank you so much. Glenn and Cecilia, it was so great to have you. Thanks for stopping by and giving us all this great information. Thanks for having us, Joe. Yes, thank you so much, Joe. We, we really enjoyed it. And I did as well. That wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guests, Glenn Crevis and Cecilia Hahn, I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare. <laughs>